1: Hi everybody, Mark Lawrence once again as we're going against the spread on this week's NFL football playoff card along with our co-host Victor King from King Creole Sports welcoming you to the show. And Victor, I'm going to welcome you to the show as well. I know that you're into the NFL playoffs knee-deep, also doing a lot of basketball work in the database. Anything that caught your eye from the NFL football playoffs last week, Victor?
2: Well, absolutely. Before we do get into the numbers, Mark, from last week, we got a Congratulate the main man with a really nice weekend in the wildcard round of the NFL playoffs. Let's see for Mark Lawrence, it was a three star play on Saturday on the Jacksonville Jaguars, a game that uh, looked pretty bad for a long time there. An incredible second half comeback by the Jaguars. Uh, my wife's son drove up to Jacksonville with his uh, cousins and went to the game and really, really had a fantastic time. A super second-half comeback by the Jaguars. The first team who went to win a playoff game in NFL history with, I believe, a minus five or worse turnover record. So nicely done with the Jaguars there on Saturday. And then, of course, Mark came right back on Sunday with that four-star wild card game of the year on the Baltimore Ravens plus the seven and a hook in that particular game. And uh, nicely done. They lost by seven. They covered the point spread for the Baltimore Ravens. Mark, a game perhaps that they even perhaps should have won the game. Granted, they covered the point spread, but they outstatted Cincinnati by over 100 yards in that game. And the only way Cincinnati won was with a 98-yard scoop and score in the fourth quarter of that game.
1: Yeah, in fact, Victor, uh, that game itself, uh, Cincinnati scored 14 points directly off turnovers. Very, very uh, beneficial were they to the turnover aspect of it. And we called this out, I believe, in this week's Playbook Playoff Guide newsletter. And if I didn't, I might have done it in the coffee club. And if I didn't do it there, I'm going to do it here, okay? Uh <laughs> What I found is, uh, it, and I love, as you know, Victor, the midweek alert, the stat logs, and you tear them down, you break them up, and you move them around every which way but loose. And when you analyze the Cincinnati Bengals, and we mentioned, we hit on it a little bit in this week's newsletter. <clears throat> we mentioned in there, inside the stats, okay, against other bowl teams, okay, they reek. They're terrible, okay? I believe one in six to the uh, in the stats. They only won the stats one time against other playoff teams. They have now lost the yardage three straight games against fellow playoff teams by over 100 yards each of their last three football games. Uh, What I'm saying here, what I'm trying to allude to here is they have holes, Okay, Cincinnati does. And compounding their problems this week is they've only got two starting offensive linemen that are in the lineup this week that are amongst the regulars they lost another lineman last week so as good as cincinnati's been on this major winning run that's one of the reasons we attacked them last week with baltimore we saw those phony stats and we love the baltimore defense we thought baltimore could run the football on them uh like i say the football team has problems so remember that moving forward about the cincinnati bengals i do not see this team making the super bowl this year what's your take on the, the cincinnati bengals victor
2: Uh, I'm with you on that one, and uh, it looks like there is some uh, money coming in midweek here on the Buffalo Bills, who opened up, what, about a -a three-and-a-half-point home favorite and are currently up to minus five. There's even some five-and-a-halves out there as we speak. Uh, For those keeping score at home, Mark, here are the results from the wild-card weekend. Favorites went four and two straight up, but only two and four against the spread, with the, of course, Niners being the only big favorite that covered, of course, that Saturday afternoon game against Seattle. Uh, Home teams also went uh, 4-2, 2-4 ATS against the spread. Uh, The home teams that covered being, of course, again, the 49ers and the Jaguars, both of the Saturday games. But uh, more than anything else, the surprising thing for me, Mark, was the fact that overs went 5-1 on card weekend, 5 overs. Only one game under the total. That game that did go under the total did by only a half a point. A Monday night game between the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Dallas Cowboys. A game in which we were on the under. And, of course, it was a nerve-wracking outcome. We sweated it. Uh, Brett Maher of the Cowboys missed four extra points. And we thank him for that. (laughs) But uh, the totals in the six games, 64 points, 61, 65, 55 41, and then finally 45 points in the Monday Nighter. Uh, average points 55.1 combined points per game over wildcard weekend. Definitely the highest scoring wildcard weekend of all time.
1: Yeah, it sure was, Victor. A lot of excitement. Uh, I know the fans are just glued to the NFL football playoffs after what was a very, very exciting regular portion of the football season. So many close call games, the most in NFL football history, one score games this year. Uh, And, in fact, if you take a look inside of the uh, Playoff Preview Guide newsletter this week, you'll note some outstanding stats in there about teams in one-score games. How about Kansas City this year? 0-10 against the spread in one-score football games. On the flip side, the Philadelphia Eagles were involved in the most one-score games this year. They won the most one-score games. They were 12-1-1 against the spread in those particular games. They just stuck to the opponent like glue this year did the New York Giants and that's one of the reasons they're in the National Football League divisional round playoffs this particular weekend. As I mentioned last week Victor, we had an abundance of games that had same season revenge factors involved and they involved all six of the road teams. And had a person just played on those revenging road teams, you would have cashed four of the six games. Not a bad little on the blind angle. This week, we've got two teams that are playing with same season revenge. They both also happen to be on the road again this week. Uh, that happens to be Jacksonville and the aforementioned New York Giants, who are, by the way, playing with double revenge Philadelphia took them out two times this year, and this is something interesting, Victor. That I came across. There's a site that I go to. It, it's an NFL media site for all the media people, and it's just filled with ukus of great information. And I love to glean stuff off of that. And one of the things that I gleaned off it off of it was weighing these teams that are in the playoffs by their strength of schedule by wins. Okay, and of the teams that are playing on in the divisional round this weekend, this is how the, this is how they stack up on the ladder. Win percentage, strength of schedule by wins. The weakest of all, San Francisco, opponents 0.417. The next weakest, Kansas City, 0.453. Then comes Jacksonville, 0.467. Philadelphia, 0.474. We're getting up the ladder here. Buffalo in at 4.89. Cincinnati and Dallas, both each at 0.507. And the team in the playoffs that faced the strongest strength of schedule by wins, the New York Giants, whose opponents were .526 win percentage-wise. I didn't put that in the Preview Guide magazine this year. I'm sharing it instead with our listeners here on the podcast here. I think that's pretty meaty stuff to ponder and consider when you're making your playoff selection plays this weekend. And one final thought, Victor, before we move over to our NFL game of the week. On that same site, I also happen to notice where they'll list the teams on their net touchdowns for the season. And the one common denominator for teams that lead the league in net touchdowns is they are teams that are made in the playoffs simply because they put up more points than their opponents do. And the largest amount of those points come obviously in the form of a touchdown. The team that led the league in net touchdowns this year, that's the one scored as opposed to the ones they gave up, was the Buffalo Bills at plus 21. Then came the Dallas Cowboys and the Philadelphia Eagles and the San Francisco Giants, all each at plus 20, followed by Cincinnati and Kansas City at plus 18. So hence, there we go. We're talking about all these teams playing on divisional weekend. And what do they do? They check a lot of these boxes that I'm talking about here because of their play, how exceptional it was on the playing field this year. Any other thoughts you might have, Victor, before we move on to our NFL featured game of the week this week? Uh, Mark, two, maybe three
2: quick thoughts. First off, uh, in regards to teasers this weekend, a lot of people are going to be playing the uh, the Wong teaser. Now, the Wong teaser is the only teaser that a sharp teaser better plays. The Wong teaser is a teaser that crosses over the key number of three and the key number of seven in the NFL. And if you look at the Saturday schedule, there are two uh, prime games – in which a better may consider the long teaser. KC favored by eight and a half over Jacksonville. And of course, Philadelphia favored by seven and a half over the Giants. So you're gonna get a good amount of people on Saturday, Mark. They're gonna take KC down from eight and a half down to two and a half in a two team, six point teaser. And they're gonna take the Eagles down from minus seven and a half to minus one and a half. So now all they're betting is Kansas City to win by two or more and Philadelphia to win by, I'm sorry, Kansas City to win by three or more and Philadelphia to win by two or more. I would seriously caution against that. I wouldn't be surprised if one of the two underdogs on the Saturday slate won the game outright. Um, Expanding on that, if I can, this is a weekend in which it is a good idea to fade or go against the number one seeds. Uh, First off, from our database, Mark, in the last 20 years, in the divisional round of the NFL playoffs, road teams who missed the playoffs the previous year have gone 26-12 and ATS in the divisional round. That applies to two teams this week. Guess who? The Jacksonville Jaguars on Saturday. The New York Giants on Saturday as well. And one more stat mark in the division round, number one seed favorites of 10 or less points have gone eight and 24 ATS as well. Play against the two favorites on Saturday. So again, let me circle all the way back around and talk about that Wong teaser. If you're still going to be playing a teaser, here's the way to play it. I would suggest play the Chiefs and then play a Sunday game as the second part of that teaser. Play the Eagles, and then play a Sunday game as the second part of that teaser. I would not tease both favorites on Saturday, because, again, I would not be surprised if there's an outright dog win there, Mark.
1: I agree with you, Victor. I feel there is an outright dog winner on Saturday's football card. There's probably likely two of them on the divisional card this particular weekend, and it wouldn't surprise me not at all, to see any, any of those two football teams win these games straight up on the scoreboard. You're tuned in to Mark Lawrence against the spread, the nation's most popular sports handicapping talk show. Let's hop over, Victor, now to our featured NFL game of the week in the divisional round before we hop out to Vegas to get the Vegas vibe from Andy Isco and Jim Feist complimentary play. Let's get into that NFL game of the week this week. And obviously, with all the games on tap this week, and they're all good games, there's no question about that, let's take a look, Victor, if we will. Sunday night when San Francisco plays host to Dallas in what's got the making of what could have been a championship game. These two football teams a lot of people felt maybe would be playing in the NFC championship game. They're meeting in the divisional round instead. How do you see these two teams shaking out on Sunday, Victor? The
2: Cowboys and the Niners. The, uh, The Niners are pretty much stuck on a point spread of minus three and a half in the game. And in terms of the over-under line, it opened at 46 and a half. It's creeped down a half a point. There's some 46s out there as we speak. There's even a couple of 45 and a half. So this is going to be a game that we're going to track for the remainder of the week and then make our move depending on where the line is over the weekend. On the season, let's see here. The Cowboys 8, 9, and 1 over-under, 47.5 combined points per game. In Dallas games this season, they went five and four over under at home, three, five, and one over under on the road for the Niners. Uh, despite the fact that they got you know a killer defense, they still had more overs than unders this year. They went ten and eight thus far, ten overs, eight unders, 44.0 combined points per game in Niners games. When we track each team and their uh, playoff over under tendencies. On the Dallas side, since 1992, they've gone 16 and 12 over-under in the playoffs. A few more overs than unders, but 12 and three, 75% over, when the over-under line in their playoff games is 46 or less points, like this particular week. Similar numbers for the Niners. They've gone 16, 13, and one OU since 1992. However, when favored, Their numbers improved to 65% over the total, 13-6 OU, and including 10-3 for the Niners when favored by more than a field goal over-under. So we're kind of skewing a little bit over there. Of course, these two teams played each other in the uh, playoffs last year. The game was played in Dallas. The over-under line was 51.0. Final score, San Francisco, of course, as we know, pulled off the upset. They won 23-17. The game ended up going under by 11 points. With that said, I ran a little series history review from our database. And these two teams, when playing each other, have gone 18-7-1 and one over under.
0: Well,
2: that includes 9-3 in the last 20 years. It's been a pretty high-scoring series. From our playbook uh, NFL database in the postseason, I'm specifically targ- targeting NFC conference games in the playoffs. And when the home team is favored in NFC conference playoff games, check out these numbers 63 overs, only 39 unders, again, when the home team is favored. That includes 17, 5, and 1 over under in the last 10 years. That's 77% over when the over underline in these NFC conference games is less than 48 points. So again, we're kind of skewing over a little bit now. We're certainly aware that the the Niners have this fantastic defense. And in fact, they have the best rushing defense in the playoffs thus far, as they allow only, what, 3.4 yards per rush on the season. With that said, that also plays into another decent high-scoring pattern. And uh, NFL playoff favorites... Who allow 3.7 or less yards per rush on the season. Uh, these teams have gone 18 6 and 1 OU when the OU line is less than 50 points. Of course, you know, we've got that rare situation for Dallas in that they're coming off a straight up and ATS playoff road favorite win against Tampa last Monday night. In fact, it's only occurred 15 times in the last 30 years. A team wins on the road. They cover the number as a favorite. Uh, The sample size is small, but it's significant nevertheless. It's gone 5-0-1 to the over in the last 10 years. All NFL teams off a playoff straight up in ATS. Road favorite win again when the OU line is less than 50 points. It applies to Dallas in the game. Ah, uh, based on the spread and the OU line, the implied score is San Francisco, 24 and a half, Dallas, 21. Uh, our models point to something uh, a little bit off of those numbers, maybe a score closer to like 31 to 21 for the road favorite. What clinches it for me is, you know, I always review the weekend's card with my wife the night before, Sandy. And uh, I talked to her last night. We took a look at all four games in the weekend. And I asked her, give me your first impression. And I do that because I kind of want to see which way, uh, you know, Joe Public is leaning in the game. I won't tell her that, Victor. (laughs) No, please. Please please don't bark. But her first impressions were Jags, Chiefs over, Giants, Eagles over. And then on the Sunday games, Bengals, Bills over. And finally, Cowboys 49ers under. And I said, it's kind of ironic that you say that because right now, the only game I'm considering betting the over in is the one in which you like the under. (laughs) With with that said, we've got a good enough uh, material from the database to suggest going over in the Cowboy game. But before you do, let's track the line move for a couple of days. Let's see if this line gets into the key number range. A 45, maybe even a 44. Either way, we think the over is the way to go this week as they play out there in the West Coast on Sunday evening.
1: Victor looks over the total in this football game between the Cowboys and the 49ers. And, Victor, one more quick question before I get to my analysis of the game. After you asked Sandy that question and you told her you're going the other way, did you end up having to cook your own meal last night?
2: I made sure I did it after dinner.
1: That was good. That was (laughs) wise. Well, that was Victor's overview on the football game, a real nice analysis why he's going over the total in this football game between the 49ers and the Dallas Cowboys on Sunday. And as I preface before, this game has got all the makings of what could well have been a championship game in the NFC for the Dallas Cowboys come in here. Mike McCarthy has struggled in the past as a head coach, but he's done really well as an underdog in the playoffs, taking point seven times. He's gone six, two, and one against the spread in that particular role. The problem with the Dallas Cowboys is one that everybody knows, even Jerry Jones. This football team just struggles winning games on the road, which they did last week. Now, can they do it two games in a row on the road? The reason I ask that is if you go back to 1981, you'll see in 16 road games in the playoffs for the Dallas Cowboys, they're just 3-13 and 13 straight up with five-point spread covers in those football games. Even worse— This is the fourth consecutive road game in a row for the Dallas Cowboys. That's a long road to have to hoe uh, when you're playing four in a row on the road, and especially it ends up being in the playoffs. Teams that have done just this, when they're coming off a win like the Dallas Cowboys are, they're just 1-9 straight up and and 2-7-1 against the spread in this tiring road travel row. For the San Francisco 49ers, I think their biggest question that they face this year, they may not admit it but it has to be at, at, at the forethought at least of Mike Shanahan and some of the coaches is can Brock Purdy keep producing? He's done a terrific job and there's no indication that he's not going to, but you know, the the, the law of averages, what regression is all about. We're talking about a, a kid who's really uh, turned the NFL football upside down for everything that he's done for the 49ers. Can he continue to keep producing? If he does at the level that he's played, the 49ers will be in the Super Bowl. That'll be the big key in this football game, I feel. Mike or Kyle Shanahan, the head coach, he's been spectacular in the playoffs, 6-1 against the spread in the seven playoff games. He's a big-time moneymaker here. The biggest negative in the game that I saw for San Francisco, and I pointed this out in this week's playbook, playoff guide newsletter. We talked about playoff teams playing their first playoff game and are on an 11-game exact win streak. There have been four of them going back to 1980, and all four of them lost the football game to the money and straight up. Three of them were favored, by the way. So is this, is this 0-4 uh, stat a hurdle for San Francisco? That, that remains to be seen. It's kind of an ugly stat, but the stat that I'll, I'll trump that with and tell you why I like San Francisco in this football game is because of one of the best stats I have in my database. And it's simply put because San Francisco, as we alluded to last week, is one of the football teams that lost in the eight in their championship game last year. And these teams who lose in their championship game and come back and make the playoffs the following year and they're at home. You bring them at home coming off a straight up an ATS win in their previous game. These teams are 19-2 straight up and 18-3 and against the spread. That goes all the way back to 1980, guys. That's about as powerful of a number as you'll see to an NFL playoff awesome angle. And that's what San Francisco checks the box in in this particular week. That's the reason I'll be on San Francisco this week for my side on this football game. You're tuned in to Mark Lawrence against the spread, the nation's most popular sports handicapping talk show. And with that, let's hop out to Las Vegas now. One of our favorite segments to get the Vegas vibe from Andy Isco, our good friend in Las Vegas, publisher, of the logical approach football newsletter, one of the finest in the country, be sure to get your hands on a copy of the his logical approach football newsletter. It'll get your mind thinking the right way when it comes to handicapping these football games. Andy, how was everything for you in the National Football League wild card round of games last week?
3: Well, Mark, uh, it was a very good weekend uh, for the wild card uh, round. A lot of interesting dynamics at play, and. Uh, Uh, some very interesting and entertaining games, but also some sloppy football in a number of them, Uh, uncharacteristic play, uh, for example, by Trevor Lawrence in the first half of uh, their game against the Chargers, um, Josh Allen of the Bills, uncharacteristically poor, poor, maybe one of the sloppiest games of his career. Uh, Yet both Jacksonville uh, and Buffalo were able to overcome those uh, uh, those difficulties, end up winning and advancing to uh, this week's uh, round. And then, of course, you had... uh, I don't know if it'll be the final game of Tom Brady's career, but uh, possibly the uh, final game of him as a Tampa Bay Buck with uh, uh, their uh, uh, loss on Monday night against uh, the Dallas Cowboys, which brings me to a a situation that I think has gotten some press attention. And that is the unfairness of the way the NFL games are playoff games are scheduled. San Francisco has a two-day advantage in preparing uh, for this game. San Francisco played on Saturday. Dallas played on uh, Monday night. And then they've got to go travel uh, uh, to uh, San Francisco. Now, uh, the NFL has been doing tinkering with the schedule the last few years, the expanded playoff field, the wild card, the super wild card weekend. And of course, they do it for money, but if they want to really keep more integrity in the game, They might still have the six wildcard games, but why not do one of two things? Either get rid of that Monday night game and have the teams play on Saturday and Sunday so at most there'd only be a one-day advantage for a team that plays on Saturday against a team that plays on Sunday if they happen to meet the next week. Or, and this is maybe something the NFL would consider, maybe what you do on Championship Sunday uh, is instead of having one game Sunday – and one game Monday. You uh, both games on Sunday. Rather, you have one game on Sunday and one game on Monday. And the game on Monday would be uh, between uh, the teams that uh, uh, that would involve the team that had the one less day of rest, going from say uh, uh, Sunday to uh, Sunday, or mon or Sunday to Monday, whichever the way may- might be. So maybe that might be a solution. Uh, and then uh, it wouldn't matter if one day has if t- one team has a- one extra day of rest on uh, uh the game after the championship because the super bowl will be two weeks away and the, the rest factor would not be significant that difference there so that's it the other thought that comes to mind is with buffalo advancing how cool would it be if in their game against cincinnati when they come out for the pregame toss if he's cleared medically Uh, DeMar Hamlin comes out as one of the co-captains for the day and gets involved with the coin toss. I think the uh, Buffalo Stadium would just totally explode, would provide added energy for the Buffalo Bills, who uh, may not need that added energy anyway, but I think that would just be a remarkable story, uh, almost completing the cycle of the recovery from that injury that he had a couple of weeks ago.
1: I think that's a real possibility also, Andy, uh, not only from a standpoint of Hamlin being healthy enough to do just that, Uh, It would also, as you mentioned, serve to be a real, real rousing uh, point for the Buffalo Bills and the fans as well. Now, I'm sure the NFL would have to approve that. But, you know, if he doesn't even come out as a captain, if he just comes out in his uniform, I mean, (laughs) you know, all that matters is he's out on the field with his team. And I think that would really benefit the Buffalo Bills in that football game. Andy, before I get to your complimentary play, let me ask you this question here. Let's let's suppose that uh, this week, uh, Buffalo and Kansas City each win and they're going to face each other next week in a championship game. But that game gets moved to Atlanta. OK, because of the, uh, the postponement, uh, who ends up on the short stick, the short end of that stick of these two football teams, in your opinion, Kansas City or Buffalo because of the reschedule?
3: I think it might be Kansas City to the extent that if Buffalo had played that game against Cincinnati, uh, you might still have had a situation where uh, Kansas City had a—well, uh, they, they ended up tied, did they, didn't they? did they? They would have ended up tied if Kansas City had beaten Cincinnati, I think. I'm not sure if Kansas City had a, a one-game edge. Kansas City
1: uh, had the edge before the postponement, yes.
3: Right. So if Buffalo had won— buffalo would have had the home field advantage because they beat kansas city head to head and they would have had uh, identical records i believe correct so if that's the case because i was going all along that if cincinnati beat buffalo then cincinnati actually had the tiebreaker if 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 Kansas City had lost to uh, uh think it was, who they played Denver, I think, the last game of the season, which didn't happen, in which case Kansas City would be the deserved number one. but we didn't have that result, and Buffalo might have won that game against Cincinnati if it had played. So I'm not sure that it really hurts either team other than the fact that, um, psychologically if kansas city were playing buffalo at home it might bring back memories of last year's unfortunate result where kansas city lost to buffalo now at a neutral site they don't have that uh, uh, that same uh, angle working either for or against them so i'm not necessarily sure that it favors either team but i'd be interested in your thoughts
1: well, what would be the over under in that game how many times the overtime rule was changed because of that football game last year when they play how many times would it be put <laughs> up throughout the course of that game
3: uh i would make the line on that one uh uh, well, it's hard to say because if the game gets close in the fourth quarter, it'd probably be mentioned a few more times. But I'd take sure. two and a half. I'd make the over two and a half to start. Half. Right. I'm talking from once the game kicks off, not the pregame uh, uh, introduction. If, if it was a
1: Super Bowl game, it would be a prop that we could bet on, but we unfortunately can't. <laughs> Uh, they might down. have.
3: A, they might have an over. You know, they've they've added more and more here in Vegas, and I think offshore as well. More and more props involving the well, all playoff games, but especially the conference championship games. Nowhere's near the extent of what they will be offering for the Super Bowl. But I would think overtime might be one of the props that is offered, especially uh, in in light of the rule change that was long overdue.
1: We're visiting with Andy Isco from TheLogicalApproach.com in Las Vegas, getting an overview about what's going on in Las Vegas, this NFL Divisional Round weekend. And Andy, before we let you hop out of here, I know our listeners would love to know what you've got on tap for your complimentary play this Divisional weekend.
3: Well, the game you and, and Victor just talked about is the game that I had selected. And of course, we don't do any pre, uh, pre-podcast pre chatting as far as what games I'm going to be looking at because I, I, I actually like all four games uh, this week. But I, I do like the Dallas-San Francisco game. I, you I, you pointed out a number of reasons, especially for San Francisco. Uh, let's also remember that uh, it's a revenge game for Dallas, who lost at home last year to the 49ers uh, 21-13 uh, in, uh, in in the uh, in their opening uh, game uh, last season. Uh, I'm not so sure how much that matters. I, I don't know that revenge means that all that much in the postseason, because if you need revenge as a motivator, that's wrong. The motivation should be we've got a chance to win and advance another step to uh, the Super Bowl. So I sort of discount that a little bit more uh, than uh, than I might put it uh, in, in the regular season. And even there, I'm a little bit suspect about that because these are professionals as opposed to college uh kids where you normally don't get revenge situations unless you're meeting in a conference championship game or in uh, the national uh, semifinals or a finals game but i am uh, uh, I-, I was on both of these teams last week they both won they were both favored san francisco at home after an early struggle got by seattle uh, with relative ease and uh, dallas after uh, after both teams were uh, unable to do anything the first two possessions. Dallas took control against Tampa Bay on the road, won that game uh, a lot easier. I thought that was a bad line in that game, but I think a lot of it may have had to do with the sportsbooks perhaps expecting money coming in on Tom Brady because it's a playoff game and his career. And as it turns out, the line really didn't move. That to, uh, it, did, it did move early, as we talked about last week. The game opened uh, with um, Dallas a three-and-a-half-point road favorite, and the early money flooded in, or at least enough to – cause the line not to move to three but to two and a half eventually and that's pretty much where it stayed uh for the entirety of uh the game this line uh to me a little bit more reasonable but i do prefer the uh, 49ers uh for uh, for for several other reasons fundamental and otherwise fundamentally uh these teams statistically almost across the board are fairly even in most rushing passing categories even scoring uh defense uh, is very close scoring offense the 49ers have uh uh, 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 uh trying to remember what it was there. I think it was very slight advantage I think maybe uh, either for San Francisco or Dallas I think it's San Francisco for another reason that I'll mention uh, fundamentally the one area where, where San Francisco does have what I consider a significant edge is in uh, uh, defending uh, the run I think uh, Victor touched upon the fact uh, in his totals and analysis uh, Dallas, uh, San Francisco rather outstanding in the NFL allowing uh, just 79 yards per run and 3.4 uh, 79 yards per game rushing and 3.4 yards per rush compare that to Dallas which is not bad, but not in the, not in the vicinity of what San Francisco permits. The Cowboys allow one hundred and twenty nine yards per game. Now, the difference between one twenty nine and seventy nine is off can often be attributed to the number of plays that are run against you. You know, one team may be facing three hundred rushes a season. Another team might be facing four hundred and fifty. But that's made up for in yards per rush. And that's where Dallas is three point four. I'm uh, sorry, San Francisco's 3.4 stacks up very nicely against Dallas, which allows 4.4. that's important because Dallas does have the edge at quarterback with Dak Prescott, certainly in terms of NFL experience, if not postseason experience. Uh, uh, but Brock Purdy, if he had any nerves, he got them out of the way last week in that, uh, well, really in that first half against uh, Seattle. He was he was comfortable. But Dallas is more reliant on quarterback play to win its games than San Francisco is to win its games because of the talent uh, that, uh, uh, that the 49ers have to surround Purdy. They're asking him not to, not to make turnovers, not to lose the game, but to just, if they don't turn the ball over, they should win this game. Maybe even comfortably. You got Christian McCaffrey, maybe one of the best midseason acquisitions uh, in the history of the NFL. Some people would argue that maybe Herschel Walker going from Minnesota to Dallas. But when you consider what Dallas had to give up in draft choices, um, not not nearly as good as uh, the situation with McCaffrey coming to the 49ers. Uh, Debo Samuel, a nice complimentary play. Kittle, the tight end, maybe the best in the game, certainly amongst the top two or three in the game right now. So they just need Pur- uh, Purdy to be, uh, I hate the phrase, uh, oh, uh, game manager, but in effect, he just, just do what you do comfortably. Don't make mistakes because you've got the league's best defense going up against Dallas, which has a pretty good offense. And, you know, when, when, um, Victor made the case for the, uh, for the over in this game. Uh, one thing that also points me to how well San Francisco has played, uh, not only have they, uh, uh, won 11 straight games, but they scored 33 or more points in their, each of their last four games in six of seven and in seven of nine. So they've been playing extremely well. And of course, most of those games in the well, certainly on set the end in the streak involve Brock Purdy as quarterback. So I think it's a good situation for, uh, the, uh, uh for the 49ers here who, uh, uh, when I looked at the overall season, I had Philadelphia and San Francisco as the top two teams in the NFL, in the NFC, rather all season long from really mid, uh, let's say late September, early October after the 49ers got healthy and made the trade. Uh, I've also had Dallas number three in the NFL, really from the start of the season. Remember the Cowboys were a 12 and five team last year, winning the, uh, uh the NFC East and, uh, they were basically my number three team ahead of Minnesota all season, but there was a gap between Philadelphia, San Francisco, who I have rated one-two or two-one depending upon uh, the aspect that you look at, and then Dallas uh, was a, a a decent gap behind uh, those two teams. So San Francisco uh, or Philadelphia, I would have had I've had ranked uh, decently ahead of of uh, of um, uh, Dallas all season and. I'm going to stick with this game. I think the 49ers are capable of winning this game uh, say anywhere from uh, 7 to 14 points. Not quite sure how high of a scoring game it will be because I can make some cases for uh, the defenses as well. Uh, so I'll let uh, Victor's uh, selection on this game uh, uh, rule the uh, the podcast this week. I wouldn't be surprised. See, the thing for San Francisco, they scored all those points, but they're facing a pretty good Dallas defense, and that would be the, the concern that I have here. At the same time, San Francisco's facing a pretty Good defense as well in Dallas because Dallas is like defense. You know, we, we always talk about forget it. You know, don't place too much emphasis on what you saw last. Well, everyone uh, or most people who liked Tampa Bay were making the negative case against Dallas because look how poorly they played in that season-ending regular season game against Washington. They lose 26 to six. Well, the game pretty much made nothing meant nothing for Dallas, even though Philadelphia was needed to win to wrap up the division. Uh, because of Philadelphia's previous losses to New Orleans and uh, um, Dallas, as a matter of fact, I think that was that 40-34 game. So people made the case against Dallas because of what they did against Washington at the end of the season, forgetting that it came right after uh, or two weeks after that win against uh, Philadelphia, which I think had just that one loss at the time. Because if I recall correctly, uh, I believe the sequence was Dal- Philadelphia lost to Dallas and then they lost to, uh, I think, New Orleans, which was the big upset. So uh, I think that uh, uh, when you consider what Dallas has done, and I give them full marks, I think this is where they meet their end this week, and I'm going with the 49ers.
1: Andy Isco on the San Francisco 49ers. He confirms our complimentary game of the week selection side in this football game as well. Andy riding a nice 4-1 and one winning streak his last five on his complimentary plays on the show on the heels of a Dallas Cowboy win last week when they went in and disposed of the Tampa Bay Bucks. Andy riding the San Francisco 49ers this week. Andy, great job on the show. As always, we really appreciate everything that you add to the show. I'm going to wish you nothing but the very best of luck this week. Let's hope the ball bounces your way as well.
3: Well, thanks, and uh, best of luck to you, Victor, all the listeners and viewers. And uh, six down, four more to go this weekend. And then we're down to the final three meaningful games of the NFL season. Season has flown by, and uh, I want to savor the next few weeks.
1: Well, Andy, we'll catch you next week when we do our NFL Conference Championship playoff preview. I'll talk with you then, my friend. Thank you. That was Andy Isco joining us from TheLogicalApproach.com in Las Vegas with the Vegas vibe and everything that's going on. Before I get to my awesome angle of the week on the show this week and Victor's complimentary play, I'm going to guess maybe from Tuco. I don't know that for sure. I don't have any insight, but we're going to find out. Before we do that, let's find out what our good friend Jim Feist has to say from Las Vegas also as he examines this football divisional card this week with his complimentary call. Jim, take it away, if you will.
0: Good morning, everybody. Good morning, Mark. And welcome to another week of great football. Last week, we saw some very interesting matchups. I'd like to say... uh, It's time for Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady to move on, let the kids take over. But wait a minute, the kids are taking over. The eight teams that are still remaining, all the quarterbacks are under 30 years old. The oldest is Dak at 29. It's about time. Now, let's get down to the game that we're going to talk about a little bit here today. It's Buffalo hosting Cincinnati. Last week, both these teams struggled, and they could have easily lost. Some because of some poor coaching. And the other game with Cincinnati, they're having offensive line problems. And right now, they have three offensive line starters either out or injured. And uh, that is a problem. However, last year in the, in the playoffs, Cincinnati had the same problem. But Joe Burrow and company Seemed to manage to get through that and got to the Super Bowl, only losing by three points to the Rams. It's going to be a war there in in Buffalo. But Josh Allen has been helping the opposing team quite a bit lately, turning the ball over a lot. Whether it's interceptions, whether it's fumbles, he's a great athlete. But the... And the turnovers, the sloppiness has to stop if they're going to win or go far. I look for this game to be closer than the spread. Now, a lot of people are saying Buffalo's going to win by seven or more because of those offensive lines. And they could be right. However, this Cincinnati team has been red hot down the stretch until they ran into that juggernaut last week. They were called the Ravens. With a backup quarterback thank you lamar he didn't show up but uh they run the ball so well they're very physical and on defense they're tough buffalo doesn't have all those weapons that uh that baltimore has but they have a much better quarterback i look for this game to be high scoring and i look for cincinnati to cover the spread but i would have called them to win the game if it weren't for those offensive line problems. So I'm gonna go with Cincinnati Bengals here. I'm gonna take the points, five and a half or half, four five, what's out there right now. It could go higher, so it might be worth waiting because as that information about the offensive line being injured uh, gets out there, a lot of the public will bet on the bills. At least I think that's what happens. I have my money on the Bengals To cover the spread, I would have taken them to win the game straight up on the money line, but because of those offensive line injuries, I'm just going to go with the spread. Good luck this weekend, everybody. Thank you, guys, and good luck to you. Jim likes those Cincinnati Bengals plus the points
1: in a rare dog roll this week for his complimentary call on the NFL Divisional Card Round Playoff games. Let's move over now to our awesome angle of the week on the football card this week. We call her awesome angle. We call it the Reed rule. Reed as in R-E-I-D, as in Andy Reed. Okay, and what we're going to do is we're going to play on any NFL team coached by Andy Reed if they are playing with a week of rest against an opponent that won 10 or fewer games the previous season. Just simple enough. Andy Reed with rest, opponent didn't win 10 games last season or won 10 or fewer games in his career. He's 16-5-1 against the spread in this role. And, in fact, applying a little bit of Victor's elixir magic to this particular angle, if the over-under total in those games happen to be less than 54 points, in this particular role, Andy Reid is 16-0 straight up and 15-1 and against the spread with this over-under total being what it is. So our awesome angle play this week gives us the Kansas City Chiefs over Jacksonville And by the way, from that playbook, playoff preview guide newsletter this week, we also know that Andy Reid has won 19 playoff games, 15 of them by double-digit margins. And with that, Victor, I'm going to hand it over to you to find out what you're looking at this particular weekend on the NFL Divisional Card and let our listeners know what's going on at King Krill Sports this weekend.
2: Sure thing, Mark. You know, we are, um, we're transitioning these days. Uh, We don't touch college basketball totals too much, but we do focus a lot on the NBA and pro basketball. And uh, since our last podcast last week, our King Creole service has put out six NBA over-under selections, and we've been fortunate to go a perfect 6-0 and o with those plays. That's right. Our record in the NBA for the season right now stands at a documented 6-0 and o with over-under selections. We've got another one going on Wednesday night. We're going to have another totals play going on Thursday night in the NBA. So, again, join us, please, for some of these NBA over-under selections. We've got a really good handle on them here to start the season. It's our best start ever in the NBA. And, of course, as is always the case, our NBA over-under selections are available at the playbooksports.com website. So now with that said, Mark, talking about transitioning, let's transition back to Tuco, if you will. And, you know, you know, these days a sharp better or a sharp handicapper has to learn to adapt, to change and to evolve to alternative ways of betting on sports. That's the nature of our new sports betting world these days. And I'm specifically talking about the team totals in the NFL in which we've really cleaned up in the totals tip sheet over the last four years. Thanks to King's best friend, Tuco, and not just the team totals, but betting first quarter lines, first half lines, second half lines. There are plenty of profits to be made with some of these more exotic uh, props or exotic wagers. And Mark mentioned Tuco a little bit earlier We're going back to the team that did it for us last week. Once again, the Buffalo Bills. We played Buffalo thanks to Tuco to go over their team total of 28.0 points in last week's podcast. They scored 34 points against the Dolphins in that particular game. And not only that, but our King Creole seasonal clients also got a first-half team total last week as we had a three-star play on Buffalo to score over 14 and a half points in the first half of that division game against the Dolphins. They scored 14 quick points right off the bat in the first quarter, and we cashed that winner two minutes into the second quarter when they got a field goal. And for the second week in a row, that's where we're going. Now, hopefully, you have an online account or you have an out Some are in Las Vegas or again off the internet in which you can play first half team totals. In this week's home game against Cincinnati, the OU line for Buffalo Bills first half team total is currently sitting at 13 and a half points. It's showing signs of going upward as the money line is already at minus 130 for this wager. So I wouldn't be surprised if it goes up to 14.0 with that said, Mark, we're going over again. Obviously, you know, we would prefer that our you know podcast watchers get that line of 13 and a half points. But we'll advise a play even if it gets up to 14 or more for the Bills. Reason, Buffalo is ranked number one in the entire league for this season for most points per game scored at home in the first half of their games. At 19.8 points per game, that's Buffalo's average at home in the first half of this season. There's no other way to go for an offense that's in a very, very good groove as of late. Buffalo has scored what now? 32, 35, 34, 34 total points in their last four overall. So again, Mark, we're giving the ball to Tuco. He's playing a first-half team total this week, and it's Buffalo Bills to score 13 and a half. Points over in their game against Cincinnati. That's our free play for this week. Don't forget to check out all of our over/under selections, whether it's pro basketball or whether it is uh, NFL playoffs. Again, at PlaybookSports.com. Mark, as we wait for the new basketball newsletter to come out on Friday, what do you got planned this weekend? Well,
1: let me say this first, Victor. I got to compliment uh, your thinking and your thought here. Uh, You mentioned uh, the theory about adapting, changing, evolving. I love using acronyms, okay? We have a new thing we're doing at Playbook Sports called the win report. What's important now? Win. And it's all just facts you need to know right now, what's important here today. You mentioned adapting, changing, and evolving. That acronym is ACE, A-C-E. We're going to call that Victor's ACE theory, okay? I like that. (laughs) And as you mentioned, evolving, so too is Tuco. You know, Tuchel uh, really made his mark uh, with these team totals, uh, especially now he's going to a first half team total. I love that. Okay, (laughs) so now we've got the Buffalo Bills over as high as 14 for Victor's complimentary play in the first half of their football game on this weekend's divisional card from Victor King. Uh, As far as I'm looking this particular weekend here, Victor, I've got my big divisional game of the year going this weekend we're we're documented 13 and 3 in our four-star or higher rated play since the month of November in football. This will be another four-star play on the football card this weekend. You can check it out at playbooksports.com or give my office a call toll free at 1-800-321-7777. And while you're at it, be sure to download your copy of that playbook playoff guide newsletter this weekend for everything you'll need to know about the NFL football cards this weekend. Before I sign off, one quick note from our good friends at mybookie.ag, once again offering up to a $1,000 welcome bonus plus a free $10 casino chip when you log on at mybookie.ag and enter the promo code playbook. That's mybookie.ag, promo code playbook, to get your up to $1,000 welcome bonus and your free casino chip. Until next week. I want to thank Andy Isco from TheLogicalApproach.com, Victor King from King Creole Sports for great jobs on this show once again, as always. And until then, this is Mark Lawrence reminding you to always remember to bet with your head, not over it, and good luck as always.